0: You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. (laughs) Preseason week three is the dress rehearsal for the Bears backups. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox from Pro Football Focus, NBC Sports Chicago, and Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, and today we are looking ahead to Saturday's third preseason game against the Indianapolis Colts. We'll look at all the players to keep an eye on, because I, I see really three real position battles still left to be decided talk about a couple of the bigger storylines in the games, and also some Indianapolis Colts players to keep an eye on when it comes down to roster cuts and shaping that 53-man squad. Before we get too deep into Saturday, I want to remind you that Friday's podcast will be another Locked on Bears mailbag edition, so that means I need more of your listener questions. You can text your question in, 312-620-8590. 312-620-8590. You can call and leave a voicemail at 312-620-8590. You can tweet at Locked On Bears. You can send Locked On Bears a message on Facebook. Or you can even just email in a question. LockedonBears at gmail.com. So if you have questions heading into the preseason game and as the whole preseason keeps moving along, don't hesitate to ask. So usually this third preseason game is considered the sort of last showing of the starting groups before the regular season. But of course, Matt Nagy not giving us that opportunity this year. He's keeping everything under wraps not putting those starters out there in some, in most part to avoid any injuries or anything like that, but also not feeling like he needs to show the NFL anything else and that these players don't need to be playing in the preseason to still be ready to roll for week one, that they get enough out of practice and some of the simulated game-type things they do there. So instead of the dress rehearsal for the starters, it's a dress rehearsal for the backup's But we still have some really key positional battles still up for grabs here. And I think when I look over this 53-man roster, kind of monitor what we've seen through the first two preseason games, I kind of identify three real position battles left. And there's a couple other spots that there's, there's a little bit of wiggle room here and there, but I think as far as the most contested, where jobs are very much still wide open between multiple players competing for a spot... I kind of look at the guys who have played the most snaps this preseason. The guys that Matt Nagy and Chuck Pagano and Ryan Pace have wanted to see the most from throughout this preseason. And offensively, it shouldn't be any surprise that offensive linemen all lead the team in snaps played. I mean, it's Alex Bars, Sam Mustafer, Jordan McRae, Rashad Coward, and Cornelius Lucas as your top five snap players offensively this preseason. And that's where one of the big battles still lies, particularly this backup offensive tackle spot. Bears only typically would want to keep three offensive tackles, one known as the swing tackle, to be able to potentially fill in at either left or right tackle. In the past, that has been Bradley Sowell, who's now at tight end, and it's a little bit unclear whether or not he would be able to move back over to offensive tackle in a pinch. I mean, he's lost a bunch of weight, so it doesn't seem like he's really ready for that role anymore. But maybe in an emergency he could. But they obviously still want to keep one of Cornelius Lucas, Rashad Coward. And you could throw TJ Clemmings in there as well, but he's been playing with the third stringers and hasn't really earned an inordinate amount of playing time. It's not He hasn't been on the bench every game, but just not playing as much as the other guys. And it's been sort of two very different situations for Cornelius Lucas on the left side and Rashad Coward on the right side. Cornelius Lucas, much more a traditional left tackle in the sense of much more consistent in pass protection and not as powerful in run blocking. Whereas Rashad Coward, run blocking well through his first two preseason games this year. As a former defensive lineman, I think you can kind of Imagine that he's pretty good when he makes contact with somebody and starts trying to push. And it's a little bit, it's obviously a different technique, but that's what he's always been doing throughout his football career. Whereas pass protection and dropping back into a pass-blocking set is uh, a little bit more foreign to him. And from a technique standpoint, it it still is very much a work in progress. And we've seen Rashad Coward Coward, through the preseason so far give up two sacks, two hits, and a hurry. Whereas Cornelius Lucas has one sack and just a couple of hurries here through the two preseason games. So it's, you know, neither one gives you a ton of confidence in the spot right now. And I think the Bears are still kind of waiting for one of them to really emerge. Obviously, they they like Rashad Coward a lot. They've been sticking through this whole development and trying to give him every opportunity to have the success to kind of take over and, and run away with the show a little bit there. But so far, he hasn't really proven it. So... Curious to see if Coward plays after being injured during the game last week that cut off some of his snaps. He could have had quite a few more. But if he does play, look at those two offensive tackles. And even if Coward doesn't, see how T.J. Clemmings comes in there. He's an experienced NFL offensive lineman, a bad one through most of his NFL career. But he has starts. He's a bad starting offensive lineman. And a bad starting offensive lineman can be a good backup offensive lineman. So never never too early to, to count out. Uh, T.J. Clemens in that regard. And I know none of you are going to be counting out the Bears this season. And if you want to put some money behind your confidence on this team, then you need to check out MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. And this year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Of course, they have live in-game betting on every NFL game with the most rewarding player perks in the business. Right now, Locked On Bears listeners can double your first deposit up to $1,000 if you use the promo code Locked on to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON when creating your account to claim the bonus. At MyBookie, bet, win, get paid. So, like I said, I see three position battles still up for grabs on this team. Offensively, It's the backup offensive tackles, and you can sort of extend that to a little bit of the rest of the offensive line and the backups, but for the most part, I think the guard situation is more or less structured, and same with backup center in there as well. But defensively, a couple of things still up for grabs, and I look at the players again. Who has played the most snaps? This preseason, number one has been linebacker Josh Woods. The Bears have been trying to, to get a long look at him. But I, I don't know as much that that inside linebacker position battle isn't more or less already structured in terms of who is one, two, three, four, five, and six at inside linebacker. And it's just a question of, okay, are they going to keep four? Or are they going to keep five? They're probably not going to keep six. But the next three most played players defensively cornerback Duke Shelley, cornerback Michael Joseph, Cornerback John Franklin III. Throw undrafted rookie free agent Clifton Duck in there a little bit, and just one or two players down the list of most snaps played. And you've got a, a young cohort of cornerbacks competing for a roster spot that may or may not be there. And, and maybe even throw Kevin Tolliver in there, although I think he would be a clear step ahead. We're talking about, you know, cornerback number six. And or seven and Duke Shelley's roster spot is is not up for grabs. I I, I think at this point he is locked in. Kyle Fuller locked in. Prince Amukamara locked in. Buster Screen locked in. Duke Shelley locked in. And then I think I'm pretty i feel pretty good that Kevin Tolliver is probably in as cornerback five. And then depending on whether or not you count Sherrick McManus as a safety or cornerback, you know that might allow them to still keep one other body there if he's sort of a hybrid at those two positions. Which again comes down to Michael Joseph, John Franklin, and now more recently, Clifton Duck coming into the game here. And I think so far through the the preseason games we've seen, i I think I've identified the favorite here, and it's not the guy who had the diving interception last week. You know, Clifton Duck made that big play, and that was huge for him and certainly vaulted him much higher up in this. I think heading into the last preseason game and and without that play, I don't know that he would even be necessarily on the same tier of likelihood as Franklin and Joseph, but Duck still has a couple of missed tackles, leads the defense in missed tackles this preseason. He's also been the defense's most targeted cornerback 10 times, given up five catches for 51 yards. He does have that interception. He does have that pass breakup, but there's been you know, at times some things to be desired there from a young cornerback, which is to be expected, but I, I think I see uh, someone having a little bit of a better opportunity and coverage so far again even without that interception because you know i looked next to clifton duck how about john franklin nine targets seven catches a team high seven catches allowed for 86 yards and a touchdown also team high 86 yards and a touchdown for a team high 143.5 passer rating when targeted john franklin struggling in coverage this preseason. A lot of balls thrown his way, a lot of catches allowed. He gave up a 38-yarder at one point in there. He's given up some yards after the catch. He's been able to wrap up in terms of tackling, and that's always a good thing, but a little bit more vulnerable in coverage and being taken advantage of by some backup quarterbacks. But then we get to Michael Joseph, the Dubuque product, the small school, former undrafted free agent. Five targets, two catches, For 52 yards, he he did have a 40-yarder that was uh, not good, but I'll take one bad play from him compared to uh, quite a few bad plays from John Franklin and a handful or so from Clifton Duck as well. I think Michael Joseph has a little bit of a lead here in terms of just, I think, being the most all-around solid. He doesn't have the big interceptions and pass breakup type plays, but He's just been consistent. He's been quiet and consistent, and I think that's why he's flying under the radar a little bit in this conversation, just because he hasn't been in the spotlight. But that's what you want from your cornerbacks to some extent. You know, The, the big playmakers are going to be in the spotlight, but when you're talking about a backup here in the preseason, I don't know that you need Michael Joseph to be a playmaker. You, know, you're, you would keep him on the roster for depth and for special teams, which all three of these guys have been contributing, and uh, I, I think... We're seeing Michael Joseph play the best so far, but nothing really decided at this point for that spot. Any of those three could continue to play well, and the Bears could decide to keep none of those three and just go with the the cornerbacks that we sort of know and have seen on this roster. So they're they're fighting against each other, but they're also trying to prove their value to the Bears and every other team. And I think a really similar dynamic exists at the third position battle, and the, the last one I think that's really still... Wide open, and that is the outside linebacker spot, Uh, basically the number four slash five positions, with Kylie Fitz, the former sixth-round pick out of Utah, the former undrafted free agent Isaiah Irving, and the uh, the journeyman NFL outside linebacker James Vauters. Who had his Clifton Duck moment last week when he forced the strip sack on Daniel Jones? Like similar to that position, it's like before that game, Vauders wasn't really in that conversation, and it was it was Fitz and Irving. The same way it was Michael Joseph and John Franklin, and similarly, I, th- I think there's sort of a, a hierarchy stack here, right? I think James Vauders, as much as he had that that great performance, you know, we still haven't had. A, Enough of a sample size, I think, of pass rushing and and run defense. He's certainly been better as a pass rusher there, but I don't know that we have enough sample size yet to really make too many big takeaways about how effective of a pass rusher he's been overall because a lot of it was just last week against the Giants. So I obviously want to see how he continues to play out, but uh, Kylie Fitz and Isaiah Irving are in the top seven in snaps played this preseason. Uh, Fitz has two more pass rushing snaps than Irving and only has two hurries. Yeah, 38 pass pushing snaps his preseason. Whereas Irving has 36 snaps and has a sack and two hurries, which is still not great. But we've seen more from Isaiah Irving. He's also been slightly better in coverage, I think, in one target on five snaps, whereas Kylie Fitz nine coverage snaps, two targets, two catches for fourteen yards. So I, I just think all around we've seen Isaiah Irving be more of a playmaker and, and be more consistent. At this outside linebacker position, I've been saying all along that I don't think Kylie Fitz is going to make this 53-man roster, but a guy like James Vauders could sneak onto this 53-man roster and stick as outside linebacker number five. I think he is still behind Isaiah Irving at this point and trying to surpass Kylie Fitz, and we're going to need to see more of that high-level production that we saw last week, but he has a shot, and I don't know that he had a shot two weeks ago. But he he's working his way back up, and I, I've got James Vauders particularly circled to keep an eye on this week as the Bears try and parse out their backup outside linebacker depth. We'll try and parse out some of the other Bears to watch and Colts to watch in this preseason game up next on Locked On Bears. And if you're looking for even more Bears talk here on the Locked On Podcast Network— our Locked On NFL Draft podcast went through and previewed the NFC North this week. I believe it was their Tuesday, August 20th podcast. I believe Trevor is on board with the Bears, repeating as NFC North champions, while Ben Solak, not so much in that boat. And he covers the Philadelphia Eagles, so maybe there's a little bit of that in there. But listen into the Locked On NFL Draft podcast to hear why and to hear who and how they think this NFC North division could play out. I kind of realized today that as we've gone through this preseason, it's been really quiet from the Bears in terms of transactions. I mean, they released Emmanuel Hall and Elliot Fry, but they have taken their time in filling those positions, and it hasn't really been a, a turnover very much at the bottom of the roster. They, they still have... As of this podcast recording, one spot open. You know, they they released Hall and Fry and only have signed running back Josh Caldwell, a former undrafted free agent himself out of a small school in Northwest Missouri State. He had spent the previous part of the summer with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's an interesting guy that I want to keep an eye on here, but that's sort of the point that we haven't had a lot of new faces since the beginning of training camp. We haven't had any. Uh, you know, they brought in... Joe Walker at one point at wide receiver, and I think they cut a backup offensive lineman or something. So I guess they did that. But this is they haven't had a lot of changes in a while. They haven't had very many. And Josh Caldwell is interesting because he played in the first preseason game for the Chiefs, carried the ball I think seven times and racked up uh, pulled off a 43 yard or a 47 yarder for a touchdown. It was it was four carries for 59 yards in a touchdown, forced a couple missed tackles and. So really, really small sample size, but looked impressive. But he also has a background as sort of, you know, he was brought in as kind of a fullback running back hybrid, similarly to Ryan Nall. And, you know, it's not like he's the biggest back in the world. Josh Caldwell's listed, I think, 5'11", 220, but he's got some versatility there. He's got some obvious running ability there. was super productive at uh, Northwest Missouri State, which is Division Two. I believe, and comes in late in the process. It's obviously a very, very uphill battle, but just curious that it is seemingly direct competition for Ryan Nall as this running back, fullback hybrid, and I'm just kind of curious to see if if he can follow up on his strong first preseason game and and really emerge as a gem because obviously the Chiefs cut him, so it's not like he's this bona fide stud that the Bears just happen to pull out of nowhere, right? I mean, he is... He is damaged goods in that regard. He's, you know, there's something that the, he wasn't good enough for the Chiefs to want to keep around through the end of the preseason. So don't don't get your expectations too high off of a really small sample size. But just curious to see how he fits into this backfield rotation and competition. You know, is he going to take snaps away from Nall and, and White and maybe compete for this 53? Or is he just sort of additional depth there as the Bears want to keep out uh, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, and Mike Davis and, and really not play them very much at all moving forward. There's no competition for kicker Eddie Pinero. And we don't have to go too deep into the kicker position again, but obviously somebody you want to keep an eye on. He's going to get every opportunity to make every kick, every kickoff, every field goal. I'm sure the Bears will give him at least a couple field goal opportunities. So the spotlight's really going to be on him to say, okay, prove that you were the right guy to keep around and, and not Elliot Frye. Obviously, so keep an eye on Eddie Panero in the spotlight. And while we're on kickers, we turn our attention to the Indianapolis Colts, their backup kicker, Cole Headland. He's had a pretty strong preseason so far. It's been, you know, as with all these kickers, small sample sizes, it's a little bit, you know, you're projecting a little bit and you're, the main thing is you want to see how they sort of continue to kick. Because you can look at a guy like Cole Headland, and through the first two preseason games, he's four or five. His only miss was from 50 plus, but he's four for four on everything underneath 50 yards. And if he can kind of maintain that and maybe hit a longer kick or two, you know, he, he instantly becomes an option when he's released because he's behind Adam Vinatieri. You know, he's just kicking to find his next team. So I, I'm curious to see how the kicker battle. Goes in this game because it's not between two Bears, but Eddie Fry still has competition on the other sideline. And the Colts have some depth at a, at a few key positions for the Bears that you just, you know, keep an eye on generally. It's not even necessarily a ton of individuals, but like, for example, the Colts have, I think, something like eight running backs on the roster. I mean, there's some crazy number of running backs that this team has, including former Chiefs running back Charkandrick West, who I think could interest Matt Nagy in a potential reunion sometime down the line if. You know, if that were to become available for him. you know They've got a lot of depth in the in the secondary, particularly at safety. I believe they have eight safeties on the roster, which is a spot where the Bears are a little bit on the thinner side. But I, I think most importantly, I look at the offensive tackle spot for the Indianapolis Colts. Not that their offensive line has been perfect, but they have some, some bodies and a lot of recent draft picks at offensive tackle. And if, if there's a name you really want to keep an eye on, how about this veteran that they signed, uh, Jamarcus Webb? I, I know he's been in the NFL a long time, and he <laughs> he could bring his experience to Chicago to, to provide some veteran depth on that offensive line. No, but in all seriousness, they, you know, they, their starters are locked in, Anthony Costanzo and Braden Smith at left and right tackle. And then as their backups, they have 2016 third-round pick LaRaven Clark and 2016 fifth-round pick Joe Haig. And then also they used their seventh-round pick this year on Jackson Barton out of Utah. And there's no way they keep all three of those guys, and they may only keep one of those three. There could be a a two-years-ago draft pick at offensive tackle. I think both LaRaven Clark and Joe Haig have both started NFL games. They've at least appeared in NFL games as far as I can remember. And not that there are these... Stud starting quality offensive lineman, but you know we're talking about backups here. So you know when you when you set it kind of set the bar there, the Raven Clark at Joe Heg certainly could show you a lot more than we've seen from Rashad Coward and Cornelius Lucas. So just kind of keep an eye on this this Colts backup offensive line in general as the Bears try and shake out their depth at that position. And then finally the the big storyline that's going to be all over the broadcast. So I didn't want to go too deep into it here, because I think it's all you're going to hear about during the game, is Chuck Pagano returning to his former team in Indianapolis, you know, where he had the cancer diagnosis, and they kind of saw him through that, and he was, of course, head coach there for like, what, five or six years, or however long that ended up going, depends on if you count when he was away from the team, but obviously still strong relationships there, and the players all loved him. And it's interesting defensively when you talk about, okay, are there any, are there any guys who played for Chuck Pagano that he might want to bring over to Chicago if they're cut? And they've had a lot of turnover on that defense since Chuck Pagano left. And there's not a lot of guys there that were a big part of Pagano's defense because they really didn't have a lot of defensive talent when Chuck Pagano was there. So I don't know that there's a long list of guys to potentially poach if you know that Pagano would be like oh I know him they released him let's bring him into Chicago I don't know that too many of those guys are still on the Colts so that becomes a little bit less of a storyline but of course it's it's the you know be emotional for him and his family and I'm sure there's gonna be lots of hugs and stuff and midfield and it'll be a nice touching thing so I, I didn't want to just completely ignore it because it's it's a big storyline but I, I think that's going to be more of a made for TV kind of thing and look look real nice and emotional and why football is so great and brings everybody together and how it's it's more than just a game it's life and and all that good stuff you're going to hear throughout the broadcast. So still lots to watch for in this third preseason game even without the Bears starters out there and we'll be back on Monday to recap everything we saw in the Colts game but don't forget we're not skipping Friday. It's it's your podcast to ask me questions for the show. Again, Call or text 312-620-8590. Tweet Locked On Bears, Facebook Locked On Bears, email Locked on Bears at gmail.com. And more important than all of that, subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's the best way to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. And that's the best place you can go to Bear Down.